Jared, I have had it up to here with McDonald's. Oh, no. What they do now? You know, first off, they take away the bagel sandwiches at breakfast, which is just an abomination. I mean, okay. If you're, uh, if you're getting anything other than a McGriddle, you're just doing it wrong, but go on. <laughs> so, right? So they got that. Then they, like, take away basically the dollar menu. They did take oh, away no. the dollar. I mean, it's so frustrating being like, I'm going to go to McDonald's and spending, like, over $5 because you're like, why would oh, I? it's worse. Why would I spend more than $5 on McDonald's? I hate the food. I hate my body, and I'm only here because something in my brain told me this is going to give me serotonin, and I'm not going to spend more than $5 on serotonin. I'm just not. Yeah. And then uh, they, uh, you know, so this is what's so frustrating to me. I know. Lay it out there. I go to McDonald's on my way home from work. I get one cheeseburger, not even a double cheeseburger, not even a McDouble where they give you that extra slice of yeah. cheese. Just a cheeseburger. Cheese and ketchup. Okay. Patty, cheese, ketchup. Buns. Joe, what's, what's the point of even going to McDonald's for that? Well, on my way home, I said, you know what? I want a shamrock shake. <gasps> Ooh. I want a delicious shamrock shake. Is it shamrock like, shake I mean, season already? It, it's here, baby. I want the shamrock shake so bad. I pull into McDonald's and I say, give me one cheeseburger, please. Only cheese and ketchup. And they said, okay, you want anything else? I said, yes, please. You're fine. The shamrock shake. You know what they said? What's that? We're out of shamrock shake. Of course they were, Joe. But you know what they said? You can have a shamrock McFlurry. What? And I said, huh? Okay. I have a shamrock McFlurry. And not just a shamrock shake. Uh, how do they make the McFlurry? It's so, this is what I've deduced. It's a vanilla ice cream with shamrock flavoring in it, and they mix it together. I think the shakes is pre-mixed. Yeah, 100%. So, I think that that's what it is. And, oh, so this is the other thing that, that irks me. McFlurries, you can only get Oreos now. Back in our day, you could get M&M's. You get any... You could get, like, you can get any topping on it, yeah. Now it's only Oreos. So I left that place spending like $6 mm -hmm. with a cheeseburger and a Shamrock McFlurry. Did and you get that little I bit get... of serotonin? Yeah, I did. Yeah, if, I mean, every time. They bit. put it in all of the food. I don't know what it is. It's like They just put chemical serotonin in their food, and that's what you get. I don't know why. And it's green. And it's and green. You know what? I still love it. I can't uh, believe it. I should have just asked for the McFlurry without the Oreos. Yeah, you should have just gone with the Shamrock. Back on it. Mm -hmm. Just the McFlurry without the Oreos. That's a rookie move on my, my part. See, Joe, this is what happens. You get out of the McDonald's game for a while. You're eating home-cooked meals. You're thinking, this is the life now. I'm done. I'm off, I'm off the McDonald's. I'm moving on. And then all of a sudden, that sweet, sweet siren's call of the Shamrock Shake calls you. And then what do they do? They throw you against the rocks with a shamrock yeah, flurry. Yep. It just lets you down. <sighs> Maybe next time. Dads. Welcome to Big Dad Energy, the journey of parenting and adulting through the eyes of two young dads. I'm your co-host, Joe Lopez. And with me, as always, is my co-dad, Jared Shemansky. Jared, how are you? Joe, 
I don't leave my house very often. Wait, real quick. Yeah. Before you say how you are, I think I know how you're doing because I see a case of Tums. Yes. Sitting right there on that table behind you. That Tums. So this is my work desk and my podcasting desk all in one, right? That Tums never leaves. Never leaves. Always there. It's always there until it gets replaced because I use it frequently. Because <laughs> I'm old. Uh, anyway, go on. And How apparently I don't leave the house very often. So today in Michigan, it was Michigan summertime. It was 40 degrees, right? Yeah, Michigan summertime. So we as a family, uh, Katie took the day off just for like a little mental health day and wanted to spend some time with Ben. So um we decided like after dinner, hey, let's go for a walk. Like it, the for yeah. once it's not dark. It's 40 degrees outside. Like we'll just bundle up a little bit and then we'll go for a walk. It'll be nice. Heck yeah. So we start walking. We get outside, get the dog. Uh, Rocky, the dog that we have, is awful on the leash. Like he pulls all the <laughs> way to the end, choking himself with the because we have the collar that like gets tighter as you get further away. Right. Yeah. It, choking himself to all hell because he just needs to be at the very end of the leash. Um, right. So I'm holding Rocky. Katie's pushing the stroller with Ben in it. We get out. We finally get everybody all bundled up and out and out the door. We start walking. We're around the corner behind our house. And I go, huh? And I look down. I'm still wearing my slippers, Joe. (laughs) Still wearing my slippers. Never put shoes on. Oh, no. I am so pre like program to just wear my slippers everywhere because i wear them all over the house that i yeah and you know what joe i walked around the whole block with them i wasn't going back like they do have slippers yeah they have like the rubber bottom on it so that like it wasn't like i was stepping on rocks and like killing my feet uh they have the rubber bottom on it like they're they have some structure to them but it was that was an experience now i have a shin splint because obviously they're slippers and they have zero foot support in them and now I have a shin yeah. So that that was a oh, fun. Oh no. Uh so that's how that's how my Monday's been going. It was just like it, it was to the point where I wish I didn't notice so early. Cause then that's all I could think about. The whole walk is like, yeah, damn it, I'm in my slippers. Damn it, I'm in my slippers. Everyone can see I'm in my slippers. It's all I could think about. Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, you made it. I made you, it. You survived. I made it. How are you? You went into work today. I went into work today. It was good. This is my last week at work, so I'm ending on Wednesday. It's my last day. Um, but it was good. I mean, I just went about my day as normal. Yeah. You know, so it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, I did have Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch. Mm. Which yeah. Going this back podcast in... shows how unhealthy I am. Going back into civilization, you're getting all the fast food. I know. Well, there's literally no chicken wings in probably a 10 mile radius of where I live. That's uh, I couldn't live like that. There's a wing stop. Maybe 200 feet from my house. Oh, my God. I couldn't live dead. like that. I'd be dead. Uh, so I did get. Buffalo Wild Wings and it was delightful because I just I just want chicken wings every day. I know because they're just so damn good. Boy, do I feel it. Um, yeah, so it was good. It was uh, it was a day. It was a long day. I came back home. Uh, Forrest got a gnarly butt rash. Oof. Um, like real bad. Like we're keeping her home from daycare tomorrow. Bad. Dang. Uh, Kay- Kayla says it looks like a chemical burn. Like 
Ooh. Which it wasn't it wasn't there this morning when we got up. It just kind of showed up in early mid morning. So um he's been having a rough night. Um and overall the weekend we didn't really do much. Yeah. Uh Friday we hung out at home. Um Totoro, because that's what Cora loves now. Um Saturday we went over to Kayla's parents' house for a long while and then I left to come rearrange this basement because I couldn't sit anymore. Um, we were just hanging out, chilling, you know, mm-hmm. you know, chit-chatting, watching the kids play, and I was like, I gotta go do something. Uh, it's hard for me to do nothing at somebody else's house. Yeah. I can do nothing at my house. I'm okay with, like, <laughs> like sitting around my own house, like, doing nothing. If I'm at somebody else's house, I get antsy. I'm like, yeah. I feel like I should be doing something. Like I'm not in my house. I'm out. I'm about, you know, I probably right. put clothes on for this. Probably I, I should like <laughs> be doing something. It's hard for me to like sit at other people's houses and do nothing. Yeah. So I, uh, I was like, I, I'm just going to go rearrange the basement. I got to get it done anyway. Kids aren't there. Gives me time to do it without distraction. So, mm-hmm. uh, I did that. And then yesterday, my mom, my sister, uh, my nephew and my older niece came over and saw Grayson um, for the first. Well, my mom has seen Grayson a couple times, but my sister, my nephew, and my older niece has not. My niece Bailey. Um, so they came over and then we worked on Bailey's resume, hung out, had some nachos, and then just chilled the rest of the night. So it was weekend went by very quick. Yeah. And Kayla and I talked yesterday. We're like. I think this is it. This is how it goes from now on. Like mm-hmm. every day is over. Like you wake up and it's done. And that's just how life goes now. For now. Um for now. And they hopefully once the kids, you know, get older, it slows down a bit. But yeah, it's crazy. Um, how was your weekend? Honestly, Joe, we did the same thing. Very boring yeah. weekend. Like I was thinking about it. Not a ton of like stuff going on for the same kinds of reasons, like I brought up that we ran real hard going up to Christmas and everything like that. And then ever since then, like the weather's been up and down. It's hard to like go do stuff. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of work on Friday and today. So like the weekend, I just kind of wanted to turn my brain off. Also, there was a big video game expansion for destiny, which we all play that came out last week. So <laughs> I found myself, uh, wanting to play that quite a bit. Um, yeah. And then Ben Ben just wasn't feeling great this weekend. He has stuffy nose and he's been right. finally I I got my first good night of sleep in three weeks on Saturday. Oh wow. He, That's it, good. For the first time in literally three weeks, he only woke up one single time all night. Wow. I was okay. un, I was blown away. Now last night I still had to hold him for an hour in the middle of the night, but right. at least at least we're getting better. Um Yeah. So it's uh it was it was really just I I've also had that thought, right? I think that's a, a common thing when we used to be so active and I'm I say this knowing that in two actually it's gonna be fifty degrees this weekend, so I'll probably get out in the yard and right. start like prepping the yard for well, first off, I gotta clean up a like Jurassic Park amount of dog poop out there. Like oh. it's it is it's out yeah. of hand it's out of hand. So I gotta go out there this weekend and clean that up. Um, so it'll be nice this weekend. I'll get out and I'll do stuff. And that really will be the turning point. But between Christmas and March, though, these two months, January and February, it is so hard where we live to do stuff, 
just stuff, right? Yeah. Like, and it's cold. It's either snowy or it's or it's just too cold or it's yeah. you know, it's it's difficult to just go out and do stuff. And I'm maybe once the kids are older, right? Like your kids, my kid, right. when they're older, we'll be able to like go out and go sledding and like go st- do stuff like that. But I feel like it was just very difficult this time of year. And then, boom, February hits and Ben hits this toddler phase that just decides that he yeah. wants to to try and murder us. So I think that's another part of it too. Is <laughs> it's a full-time job now trying to keep yeah. him from killing himself. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Uh, sucks outside. I'm ready for it to warm up. You know what? I'm ready for it to like dry out because everything's been so wet. Like my, my yard's flooded. Oh, I guess I could talk about that. So yeah. if we do a quick gear shift in the, in the tool time, my yard's been flooded for a month and a half really so i've talked about a bunch that i have a sump pump that i sit next to that pumps water out of the ground into a corrugated hose and then drains down my driveway right back in like january uh december right before we got that big like cold snap that like lasted two months yeah it was draining down my driveway just fine the water was going out but my driveway was super wet then we got hit with this arctic blast and my entire driveway froze over in like a sheet of ice Okay. Yeah. Just about February came. We got a quick warm up, and I was able to like scrape off and and thaw out the driveway. Uh, and and it's been fine ever since. And I thought about it the other day, but right around that time, we started to get a moat around our house, and really mm. just on like one side, right? So right against the back of the house, away right. away because we have garden beds there, so it all runs away from our house by design. That's why we put the garden beds in. Yeah. And then it's st- and then it makes a ring around our two garden beds and then starts running out onto our patio on the side. And mm. I and I like in the moment you're just like this is annoying like why it was snowing and thawing and snowing and thawing so we're like oh it's probably just like extra extra wet. And then the other day I had the wherewithal to like look at the driveway and realize the driveway is bone dry. And I looked at it I said that's bone dry. Um Yeah. And that's a John Mulaney joke. I'm sorry. If, if people didn't catch that, that's a John Mulaney joke. Um, and I was like, why, why is the yard so soaked? But the driveway's dry. Like the driveway should be just as soaked. And then I thought about it. I think the hose froze underground Uh, and now none of that water's draining out to the driveway where it should be. It's all just backing up into the yard and is like creating this moat. So I have a project ahead of me starting probably this weekend. I'm going to go dig up parts like where the drain is and I'm going to prop it up even further. I think it's sunk down into the yard a little bit. I'm going to prop it up even further and tilt it so that it really just runs all the way out on the driveway because uh, having that much standing water in the yard is, is awful. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, You said clean up dog poop. We got to do that too. Um, we also when the when the Clinton youths came and raked our yard, they raked yeah. our front yard. We didn't have them rake the back. Mm. And right after that, it's kind of when it started like raining and then turned into snow yep. right away. Yep. Um, so there's still like a ton of leaves against like my fence line and against my house. So I need it to dry out so that way I can just run the lawnmower over and- top of it and just chop it all up. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Our our yard is not great. I hate our backyard it's just it's always like wet and even in the summer mm-hmm. it's always like um swampy like yeah. it's just mushy like it's clay under our grass it's not Us dirt too. 
were clay too. Yeah. It's really hard because that's I, I think I've talked about like our struggle with this this ground cover weed that we get back there. And it's yeah. it's for that reason, right? The water doesn't get deep enough to like really let the grass grow because it hits yeah. that clay and then it stops. And the grass can only yeah. grow so deep. So the when we when it dries out in the summertime. So for that reason, I mow once a week, sometimes twice a week. Sometimes I'll mow midweek during like April, April, May, June, like when it's really raining a lot, like Mm -hmm. I can mow twice a week. And then as soon as June hits and it dries up, my yard dies. All of it. Really? Excuse me. Yeah. Big sneeze. Um, so my yard, like my yard dries out because the clay doesn't hold water, right? It just runs off. So as soon as the rain stops coming and it does, and it stops coming and just stops coming. Um, (laughs) As soon as the rain stops, we that just was stupid. I was stupid. Thank you. I'm I'm full of the stupid ones today. Uh, <laughs> so as soon as the rain stops, my yard dries out and it dies and it gets brown, right? And that's when the weed comes yeah. in because when the when the grass dies, the weed grows, right? And and so right. it's very uh it's a constant battle with this yard. I I almost like the next house I buy want to see if there's like clay or dirt underneath because this has been this has been like hellacious to try and handle yeah it's uh it's rough um my front yard's great it's just my backyard's a pain Um, well your backyard's at the bottom bottom of a hill too right so all that water from up there just runs right into your backyard yeah so maybe i'll throw some grass seed down early spring and try to get it to to latch wherever Mm -hmm. it can and uh hopefully it'll suck up some of that water that just kind of hangs out there katie and i are half joking about so our yard's lumpy Uh, is your yard lumpy oh yeah it's got to be a clay thing because it's like the clay settles in different places and all this stuff but like our yard's really Mm -hmm. lumpy and uh, with this water that is around our house it won't run all the way away from our house it like collects where the valleys in our yard are right right so it runs away from the house into a valley and then there's another hill and then it runs away into the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And we're half joking about like, oh, maybe we should just till up the whole yard. And I say half joking because yeah. like, honestly, what do we have to lose? We could till it up. We could re regrade it so that it slopes all the way down to the to the sidewalk yeah. and uh, spread out all that dirt and then just plant grass seed and hope for the best. Yeah. Why not? Go for it. Whatever. It suck. But just do it. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine, right? No. Yeah, you'll be fine. It's just gonna be, yeah. Just this, lay down some grass seed. You'll have grass by like midsummer. This is like Good. two people convincing the other one to cut their hair off. Like I've been thinking about cutting my hair off, and the, it's like, do it. Cut your hair yeah. off. Just do it. Just do it. Just do, just tail up your whole fine. yard. It'll be fine. <laughs> Put down turf. Hey, don't tempt me. Practice my <laughs> golf swing back there. There you go. Um, well, that's good. Any uh, anything else going on with your house? uh no the ghost hasn't shown up for a while oh okay how about your ghost you know been quiet Mm -hmm. that's sometimes a quiet ghost is the worst ghost yeah because he's out there somewhere Mm -hmm. just waiting to strike thinking about um yeah been quiet which is kind of interesting um now now i'm gonna be thinking about it all night yeah now now because i brought it up you're gonna hear something tonight i promise 
Oh, guaranteed. It's gonna be and I will Snapchat you. I will send you a picture of whatever it is. The good news is I'll be awake, so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, Jared, how about we jump into this thing? Let's do it. Let's get to the main event. The why the people That's are actually here. Exactly. So we are gonna go ahead and hop into our interview with Mike Venitolo Montavani. Yeah, Nailed you got it. it. You got it. First try. Uh, who uh, writes a newsletter called Being a Dad is Hard as Fuck um, and has wrote for various other things, New York Times, you know, a couple other projects. Um, but he's going to talk to us about his writing, where it started, and, and uh, what led him to, to writing a newsletter. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that interview. All right. And with us now, we have Mike Venutolo Montavani. Nailed it. Look at Man. that. That is, Mike, that's one hell of a name, bud. So real quick, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you an anecdote right off the top. Um, until my son was born, there was about a seven-year period where I was the only person in the world who had my name. Really? Wow. Yeah, so my mother was Venutolo. My father is Montavani. She was a, you know, bo- uh, bra-burning, you know, um, feminist, hippie, radical type. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, but also very much like an Italian-American traditionalist. And, you know, she, she kind of did both. And uh, she was like, you know, I'm not taking your name. I'll tell you what, I'll hyphen yeah. it. <laughs> so my sister, who's older than me, we were, you know, we, she was the firstborn, Venutola Montavani. I was the second. My sister got married, took her husband's name. My mother passed away. And then for a while, it was just me. Um, and so, which is why my wife has never taken my name much. I, ne- I encourage her not to because it's <laughs> such a pain. In her I, um, imagine filling out forms uh, with that last name. I can't believe it. She was like, you know, whenever, you know, Emily, you're going to take, her name's Emily, are you going to take Mike's name? And I was like, no, she's not. The hell no, she's not. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, it's your choice, but don't, I'm telling you, don't do it. You're not going to want it. No, but it's cool. I mean, it's, you know, of all the people in the world, like, I don't know many people who are one of one. Well, now I'm one of three. Like, my kids have our name as well, so. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Thank goodness you have it wrote out on your website like phonetically yeah. yep no i've known, I've great. known guys for 35 years who still still mangle it so you, yeah you i mean you're talking my, you. my last name's shamansky and it's got a z in there so trust me i, I i'm with you the i know exactly z. what it's like listen for all the italian american in, in me i'm i am a quarter polish so i know the i know i know it well i love it hey we've <laughs> we've shared same blood my grandma was also 100 italian so i i there share that same italian polish blood we got a big day coming up on tuesday What's that? It's Fat Tuesday. Well, my name is, day. All right. Well, yeah. No, my name's Joe Lopez, and that's just like the most common <laughs> Mexican name. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Mike, we have you on. We want to chat about your, your writing a little bit, your newsletter, you know, everything you got going on. But first, let's just kind of kick it off. What got you into writing in the first place you know was it a hobby did you want it to be a career kind of what took you and and started your your writing i had to make a living and uh so i, I spent <laughs> most of my life so so right out of college i I graduated from college in uh 2006 so right at the onset of the recession no one was hiring anybody with a liberal arts degree so mm-hmm. i uh, started writing for this uh urban newspaper in jersey city new jersey knowing that I never took a writing class. I never, it was a job. It was the only job I could find. 
I did it for about a year, and then I got my foot in the door in the record industry, which is what I really wanted to do. Uh, worked at labels for many years in New York, and then for a couple of years um, was touring with my own band. When I was working at the labels, nice. <clears throat> I, I had a band on the side, and we were just making records for fun. And then like the band started to do okay, okay enough where we kind of, there was an inflection point where we said we can either keep this as a side thing where we do it, you know, all originals, all making our own records. Mm -hmm. We signed to a label, we signed with a publishing company and we were like, we have to kind of quit our jobs and go tour full time. And, and, you know, we, we made the decision to much encouraged very much by my girlfriend, who's now my wife, who said, um, if you don't quit your job and go on tour, I'm going to, I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but did that full time for many years. And then when my wife and I, you know, wanted to start a family, it was, it's untenable. The position I was in mm -hmm. for me, yeah. a full-time guitar player, I had to be on tour seven months out of the year. Um, and that's not, that's not fatherhood. I was emotionally prepared to be away from my wife. That was really the only way I'd ever known her, but I'm not, I can't, I couldn't do it. So yeah, hung the band up and with a resume and then in there had moved from New York city to North Carolina uh, where there's a few record labels, but it's, it's a much smaller pool um, uh, you know, to get a job, to find work. And, and with a resume that was like record label guy slash guitar player, like I, could, I couldn't find a job. And um, <laughs> right. I was working at a record store, I was bartending. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a well-educated guy with, you know, a good experience working at a record label, one of the biggest independent record labels in the world. And no one would hire me. And so I was like, all right, well, I need to make money. I need to put food on the table. So I know how to write. That's what, I know I'm good at that. I've only done it a little bit professionally. So started pitching my stories around literally Googling, like, how do you pitch stories? Mm -hmm. um, right. And started snowballing. And like within a year, I was contributing to the New York Times, um, Southern Living. Wow. Um, yeah, almost immediately was like, okay, like I knew I was good at it, but like I didn't know if I really had the chops to like make build a career out of it. And uh, yeah, from nothing to full-time writer and like, a year and a half. Wow. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, and still have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, still have never <laughs> None of us do. I, I, I teach writing classes now and I don't tell, I don't tell my students often if they ask, they're like, what, how, what kind of writing classes did you take? And I'm like, Ooh, I didn't, I didn't, the writing kind, you know, where you put the pen on paper, that kind the the writing. I, yeah. Yeah. I wrote in class. That counts. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. So just things kind of started lining up and have since contributed to some really great publications. Um, I recently started a full-time job with Garden and Gun, uh, which is a great Southern, uh, uh, I don't want to say lifestyle. It's a culture magazine and, um, uh, and website. And, yeah, continue to freelance. Got some stuff coming this year with National Geographic. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, some more stuff at the New York Times. Um, really, I mean, it's cool, you know, just just hustling. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm coming from the world of, of of indie rock, punk rock, DIY. Like, just I just I know how to hustle. I don't I don't have a lot of skills, sure. but hustling is what is one. Hey, I, I think if you get the hustling skill, I think that's the best skill you yeah. can have of all. Right? Then you're you're always gonna yeah. find a way. Yeah, hustle co covers all of your other uh, uh, screw ups. Exactly. Shortcomings. 
So that, right. so that writing background kind of leads us to to where we are today, and and why why we wanted to bring you on the podcast. You started a new newsletter called "Being a Dad is Hard as Fuck," and trust me, Joe and I echo that sentiment a thousand times over. <laughs> so, wh- how what led you to thinking, uh, you know what, I want to start doing parenting content. You know what, I want to start getting into this realm. What brought you to that decision? So, um, it you know, so that people know who are listening, it's it's not. I didn't set out to really write service journalism. Um, I didn't really set out to write. It's it's dispatches from my life and what I'm experiencing in hopes that other dads, you know, read it and say, oh, shit, you know, that, me too. I know what that guy's talking about. Or moms, too. The funny thing Mm -hmm. is that half my subscriber base right now is 50-50, male to female. Um, And so, you know, when my wife was pregnant with our first child, with our son, all the books, as a reader and a writer, my first instinct is to always turn to literature and all the books at the bookstores geared towards dads were like really bad humor or self-help or how to, or like, you know, Hey dude, there was always dude in the title. Oh yeah. Dude, you know, like, and, and listen, and there is a place for that. And a lot of those writers are far more successful than I am. So I'm emphatically clearly not talking shit because, if, you know, <laughs> Listen, I'll sell a book called Hey Dude, You're Gonna Be a Dad if it, you know. But uh, but no, there was nothing that was like earnest. There was nothing, I didn't want humor. You know, there's a lot of that stuff geared at moms. Uh, but for dads, you know, there's one book I found. It was it's a book called Crawling by an illustrator named uh, Elisha Cooper. And it's a father's first year and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. And so, you know, kind of inspired by that, um, pitch stuff around, pitch the New York Times. Uh, pitched Huffington Post, pitched, and and none of those pitches were landing. And again, going back to my kind of DIY background, okay, well, you know, f you guys, I'm going to do it myself. And so, right. um, so yeah, started started with that, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 off to a pretty roaring start. I think we're like 19 weeks in, 19 newsletters in, and you nice. know, we probably have around a thousand subscribers already, 1,200. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, and and totally organically, like nothing has really gone viral yet. Nothing has really blown up yet. Right. Just like every day, I'll click in my Gmail, and oh, there's two, three new subscribers. Um, and mostly just you know the notes I'm getting from people. A lot of them are you know people who have grown kids and saying like, "Remember that? I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about." Right. You know, uh, but also demystifying. The fatherhood. So, so the last newsletter I just published, and it is weekly, but it may I may go to biweekly because I, yeah. like I said, I did just start a new full time job. But the last one I just published was all about, you know, when you're. I'm sure you guys have both experienced this with your wives or partners. I don't know what your statuses are. I see Jared wearing a wedding ring, but uh, um, with the mothers of your children, let me just put it that way. Um, you know, it's horror stories. Whenever, whenever it, it's whenever people find out your your wife or your girlfriend or your partner is pregnant. It's or that you're having a kid. It, they always come at you with the horror stories. Oh yeah, and, right. And I hated that. And I, I hate. And there is there's a place for that. But also, when I look at a guy who's about to have a kid, I could see it written all over his face that he's scared as shit. Because <laughs> yeah. So why would I try and fuck this guy up more? Yeah. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna use my platform and my you know avenue to say, man, this is wonderful. Like mm-hmm. it's the coolest fucking thing I've ever done. Don't get me wrong. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I said in my last newsletter, I think by a hundred thousand country miles, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a marathon torture test that just doesn't quit, but it's the most wonderful thing ever. So I, I always, you know, and sometimes I get a little too friendly and my wife elbows me when I'm like, when I tell, you know, too good of stories. Right. You know, like right. Both of our kids, my wife pushed out in 15 minutes. She had, you know, she wow. had long, she had long labors. Sure. When it came right. to the pushing. And, 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 and I, and I tell people that, and I, and I, and I say like, listen, my wife is not the norm, but like, yeah, that stuff does happen because too often it's like, well, my wife was in labor for three days or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, so anyway, so that's, that's, that's the long version of kind of the nexus of the newsletter. No, I love okay. it. I, I, th- I actually read that, that blog, I read a few of yours while we were researching, excuse me for this. Um, I think that one actually opened my eyes because it made me realize what I was doing with our friends. So Joe and I, the, our journey throughout this podcast was, was we were the first one of our friend group to have kids, right? So we're, mm-hmm. our friend group's fairly young. We're all, I guess we're all late twenties now. I should say we're getting old. Uh, we're all late twenties now. Um, but Joe and I were the first ones to have kids and, and we wanted to talk through with each other first, but also to, to show our experience to our younger friends to say, Hey, this is kind of what it's like having kids. But I found mm-hmm. myself going through that. I mean, like, when Joe and I kind of complain back and forth in our group chat, like the guys will be like, wow, that sounds awful. That sounds awful. But we never convey enough of the, how amazing it actually is, right? Like how yeah. amazing it is to be a dad and ha- how rewarding and amazing it is to do that because we do that thing, right? Where we always are like, man, today I literally changed a diaper three times in 20 minutes because he just pooped three times back to back to back and it got everywhere and all this, you know, we talk about stuff like that all the time, but we never talk about the amazing the things was like, as you were at the car, like it, about to get in. He's like, yeah. exactly. wait, I got one more for you. <laughs> Always totally. every time. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, like, really. I, I, I really appreciated uh, that one for sure. My wife loved it too. We, we read a few of these through together and she loved it as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. They are great. So no, like transition, you know, and there's and there are th- there are things that like, you know, there are scary things about being a father. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the shit that you don't remember is the shit that everyone tries to to tell you. You know, the sleepless nights. Um, you know, the sex life goes away, which it does for a little while, but then you have to get creative, and it comes back. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the but 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 four years in, my son is four now. We have a six month old, so it, but I don't remember any of that stuff. What I do right. remember, you know, the scary stuff I do remember is my son's well-being. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my son yep. getting really sick for the first time. My father said to me, you know, because my father would never, he never, he never, he was never about the horror stories. But he said, you know, when my son was born, he said, all right, cool. Like, um, now, you know, now you're going to be worrying about something for the rest of your life. He was like, you yeah. know, you're, 30, you're 30, when I was, my son was born, I was 36. He's like, you're 36 years old. He's like, I've been worrying about something for the last 36 years. <laughs> you know, and like that's, um, yep. you know, so if you want to talk about that, that because that's real, you know, yep. sleepless nights isn't real. It's real in the moment. It's real. It's, it's super real in the moment. <laughs> yeah. God, is but, it? Yeah. And, and I think my wife thinks, you know, she has a theory that, that we have a, whatever, a, 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 a mechanism to suppress our memories so that we have more than one kid because you know the early days are so hard that if you remember all that stuff to stand probably it's it's no it's no memory suppressing it's the fact that we're completely sleep deprived mm, yeah you would never, nobody, would ever, <laughs> nobody would ever have a second kid no way <laughs> yeah i'm convinced totally. if my wife remembered how bad her morning sickness was there's no way she'd ever want to get pregnant again 
Totally, totally. Right. Mine too. She was sick with both kids and the miscarriage we had. She had um, the whole the whole nine months. Mm-hmm. Both kids. But again, yeah. why would I? Why would I tell a woman that? Right. Why would I say, "Hey, you know"? Right. So. Uh, um. So, kind of transitioning off of that, I mean, you do. You said you had it 19 weeks so far. What kind of topics have you covered on this stuff? I skimmed through and read a couple of them as well. But like, you know, what's kind of the range on there of, of what you're writing about? All sorts of stuff. Um, uh, toys, whether or not we're spoiling our kid, death. Um, you know, my wife and I both lost our mothers. So, you know, mm-hmm. death and dying is a very mm-hmm. big, uh, hangs over our house, our family. You know, our son asked us, when you die, people stop loving you? Like, you know, and he was three and a half at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, the last one was about sharing good news. Some of them are funny. Some of them are serious. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Hold on. I actually have the list right here. Um, you know, I, I try and mix it up, you know, as, you know, right. nobody wants to do shit every week. Um, yeah, you know, I love lists. Um, so I have one coming up where I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to explore the contents of my son's backpack, uh, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> I like that. I mean, ridiculous. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's a rock. It's a, it's three matchbox cars. It's one single band aid that we were never allowed. Right. To <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, another list I made was like, what is all this stuff? You know, that's that's another thing that I try and do with this is is kind of explore the things that people don't really tell you about. What is all this stuff? We packed up for a trip to the beach and our pickup truck. I'm like, and that's what I said to my wife. I was like, what is all this stuff? What is all this shit? Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, I, I wrote about why I don't really drink anymore, because as you guys, mm-hmm. I'm sure know, oh, drink, yeah. like having a, having a hangover with a kid is hell on earth um terrible so i yeah uh if i drink you know half dozen times in a year whereas i used to play in a band for a living i was you know drinking almost every night Mm -hmm. um uh uh about letting mom drive and how a woman's intuition is is you know the most superior thing i've ever witnessed Mm -hmm. um just yeah just just kind of everything love that um oh here's a good one another list one that was a lot of fun reasons my son cried this week (laughs) Uh, that i wouldn't let him drive my truck or that right we couldn't physically jump to the moon like (laughs) how dare you how dare you right but it's amazing and it's amazing to watch his mind work like that that like yeah you know i mean I, i love it i love i love just and now that he's getting a little bit older he's four i love hearing him work out problems and Right. It's fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, because one one of the best pieces of parenting advice I got was that you know children are the same as adults. We're just imbued with mechanisms to cope with our questions and our feelings and our emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they're not. Yep, they don't have the knowledge or the emotional capacity. We feel the same things, right? But you and I know not. You and I know that if we can't reach the moon by jumping, we're not going to be face down in the driveway crying. i I mean kind of whatever whatever yeah whatever strikes my fancy yeah so joe and i sometimes on this podcast we we bounce around because we like to be funny we like to be lighthearted. that's kind of like where we started right we wanted to to joke kind of about how to get into parenting right but we also want to cover the hard stuff and, and we've done that quite a few times on our show um, through pregnancy loss, through, uh, you know, hurt and, and hardships and things like that. 
but it's hard. It's very, really, really hard. And I, you know, you talk about covering death and, and I've read that blog as well. And I thought that was uh, just an amazing one. How do you get into the hard stuff like that? I mean, at its roots, uh, besides how difficult parenting is, but like, there's a lot of hard stuff that comes in that you have to handle and manage yourselves. And I think expressing that outwardly is sometimes some of the most difficult stuff. So how do you go about it? I mean, as you guys can tell, just by talking to me, I, I, I tend to just kind of be an open book and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that, um, again, maybe that's the Italian American in me and I'm a very emotional person. Uh, I wear my emotions very outwardly, um, good and bad, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, and I don't, I don't want my son to, you know, shy away, um, from, you know, there's nothing shouldn't say nothing very few things are inappropriate in my purview um we can talk about whatever you want to talk about uh we could talk about the good stuff we could talk about the bad stuff because you know to 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 do anything less would be and i know this this may sound extremely purple and dramatic but like it's true to do anything less would be to give be doing life a disservice Right. Yeah. Because life's not just happy. Life's not just sad. Right. You know, my wife and I have a great relationship. We've been together 11 years and I love her more than ever. But we, I mean, we fight like I'm, we compare it to a nuclear explosion, right? It's it's (laughs) fast, it's loud, violent. Mm -hmm. I don't mean physically violent. It's violent. And then you know what? It's over. Well, maybe not a new, maybe, maybe we need a better analogy because then there's fallout. But anyway, <laughs> you get the idea. Yep. It's, it's, it's so like, you know, and, and I feel like more and more with the proliferation of social media and how we can curate our life and our worldview and how we can make everything look great. Like, you know, I just feel like it's easier than ever to, um, to make the, the appearances of, and the older I get, and, you know, the more people I meet and the more, you know, and this, this, this happened for me probably, probably when I was around your guys' age, I'm about 10 years older than y'all, but, you know, it, I realized that no one has, no one has it figured out, you know, nobody, even the people who have it the most figured out. And those are often the people who have it figured out the least. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, whether it's in conversation with my son or someone I, I just met on the subway train. Um, or I guess the bus, we don't have subways here. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been missing New York city life a lot since the start of the COVID, but, um, you know, ask me, dude, ask me, because when my mother was dying, you know, the, the, where I found my mother died a very, she was sick for a long time and, and she was, you know, she lived with cancer for a long time, but the end of her life was very, very ugly. And, um, you know, I found a lot of solace in, people who had gone through that before who spoke to me openly frankly not saying you know oh it's you know it's what i'm not i'm very much not religious i don't know where you guys fall on that spectrum but Mm -hmm. you know it's god's plan it's you know she's in a better place i where i found a lot of solace were the people who were like it's fucked up that your mom is dying and it's fucked up Mm -hmm. that it's completely random and you know, and, 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 and it's, it, you know, and, and, and in, in having those conversations is, is kind of where I found a, a grounding. And so if I could offer that to other people, um, again, the goal of this newsletter is not to inform people. 
It's not to, it's not to, um, there may be stuff. Hey, we love this, like this thing. I was just rocking my baby in this Bjorn. And every one of our friends mm-hmm. who has a new baby, right. you know, we send that. And I'm going to write about that someday because, but, but that's not the point. The point is, like I said, for people to read this, new parents, old parents, expecting parents, people who may not even be in a relationship who want to someday have kids and say like, okay, I, I know that feeling. Or, you know, thanks for that insight because I anticipate having that feeling. And like I said, I mean, again, it may sound uh, overdramatic, but it's true. I mean, if you don't talk about the, the, the pimples and you're, right. you're doing a disservice yeah. to everything else. Well, and I think, totally. I think that really lends itself into, into parenting, right? Living that way because one thing that I found myself struggling with was how do I communicate my own emotions and then teach my son how to communicate his emotions if I can't do it in the first place. Right. So if you're starting the foot off, you know, starting off on the right foot of being able to communicate that and talk about it right off the bat, then even if it's a little too much, it's better to be too much than too little because too, too often we have dads that, that don't communicate their feelings. Don't talk about how they're, you know, what's going on or how they're actually handling it. And then turns to sons that can't handle it and, you know, and daughters that can't handle it for the same reason. So I, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Now, one thing we always tell our son is, is, you know, nothing you're feeling is wrong. I think right. feeling is, is, and I don't mean wrong in the sense of like good versus bad. I mean, wrong as an incorrect, mm-hmm. everything you're feeling is exactly what you should be feeling. Now, the thing we have to teach as parents is, how do you deal with that? Because you can deal with it in an incorrect way. Um, hitting, biting, lashing out. But what you're feeling is is everything is right. Every and especially when you're at that age, because they're not equipped with those mechanisms of suppression, of mm-hmm. uh of cultural expectation. Well, I'm a man, so I shouldn't feel this way. I mean, you know, uh what's the, one of my you know, Jim Valvano, again, a, a very much beloved Italian American. <laughs> but uh you should laugh, uh, you should think, and you should have your emotions move you to tears. And if you do those three things, you it's a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of the man I want to raise my son to be because my father, as wonderful as a man as he is, as wonderful as a as a as a father he is and was, um, he was raised in a very stoic you know um hard-working blue-collar kind of household and and you know it's not easy for him to show his emotions like that i i have Mm. to you know i had to teach my wife hey when my dad does or says this that means he's happy that means he's in a you know right my dad's not shy to tell you he loves you he's not shy to give you a kiss you know but there is some kind of interpretation whereas my mother was this big open uh, emotional nerve um and it was really healthy. And, and that's like you said, like Jared said, I, I didn't want to, I don't want to, you know, raise a, a child who's afraid to, because basically what we're doing is we're setting them up to someday inform the next generation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, exactly. don't want to fuck my kid up. So fuck his kid up. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> break, exactly. This, break it down so they don't have to break it later. Right. Right. Totally. Def- totally. Definitely. So, Jared and I, you know, every time we're on here, not every time, but we kind of started this at least for us to just talk on a weekly basis, right? At the very least, anything of this podcast, Jared and I get to talk and use this as group therapy. Yes. Um, so I guess, you know, do you get anything out of it emotionally, you know, or supportive when you write? You know, like I said, we use this as kind of our therapy. Is there anything you get out of the writing process? I mean, my therapy is work. And, um, you know, whether it's yard work or manual labor or just the process of, of work, 
writing, what I do for a living. Hmm. That's kind of how I clear my head. Um, mm -hmm. So in a way, yes, because this is work. I mean, it is committing words to a page, which is I, my trade, uh, no different than a plumber or a carpenter or a stock trader or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, it is, it is therapeutic in, in that regard. Um, but in the sense of kind of catharsis, like getting, you know, not really. Um, yeah. I don't really, I don't really experience it like that. Um, that, that's not really how I process emotions. I, I process emotions through the act of work. Um, yeah. So, so, so yes and no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. We, we said, you know, this is kind of our thing, but hey, if somebody took, if one person took anything away from what we had to say, then like, that's awesome, right? That's totally legit, totally cool. But like, at the end of the day, if nobody listens and Jared and I just chat, then it's a good time for us just to connect and stay connected. Well, and, and, and one thing that, you know, my, you know, for me as a writer, and this is, you know, uh, um, you know, not considering this newsletter, but my, my, my biggest goal is to, when I'm, cause I write nonfiction, I write, mm -hmm. I'm a journalist. Um, so when I profile somebody and they all email me or call me after the fact, and they say, uh, you know, you got, you got my story, right. Hmm. That's my, that's my goal. And I'm not, I'm not saying it happens every time, it doesn't. but <laughs> right. you know, I could, I could win, you know, every Pulitzer award from now until the day I die. Mm -hmm. I, those won't mean anything to the, the people who say you, you got my story, right. And so, you know, it, it, like you said, it's, it's about if for no other reason, me, honoring these people and allowing them to, you know, open themselves up to me and trust me enough that I could tell their story. Um, and so maybe it is kind of a mirror in that way of me opening myself up to the people in hopes that I get my own story. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I got one last question for you and I, I thought yeah. about narrowing this question down to be about writing or about parenting, but I'm just going to, after talking to you through this interview, it seems like uh, it's a question that's worth just... That was a question, right? Yeah, well, you got it. Nailed it. Right off the top. <laughs> the, <laughs> the question is, what's one piece of advice you would just give to anybody listening? And I, I just broad, as broad as broad can be, what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody listening right now? Man. Um, listen more. I love that. You know, listen, listen to everything, you know, listen to, and I say this knowing that we've just had a half hour talk and I've spent, you know, 28 minutes of it talking <laughs> myself, uh, but shut up, shut up and listen, you know, yeah. whether it's to your kids, whether it's to your coworkers, um, whether it's to the wind in the trees, um, just listen, just, uh, you know, just, just, I mean, we, we, we've become a world where, uh, you know, we, we have to, we feel like we have to talk. Um, you know, I was, I was just talking about my dad to the, again, my dad came with me and my son and my daughter to the kids museum today. Um, he's the best, but, uh, you know, we were having this conversation today where, you know, and a lot of it is, is a fault of social media, but we feel like we have to have an opinion and a position on everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't want, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going down that wormhole, but <laughs> the point is, is that just, you know, stop, just listen, you know, and listen to your kids when, they, when, it, so, 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 so that is, you know, as it pertains to 
everyone. Mm-hmm. As it pertains to parenting, because this is a parenting podcast, listen to your kids. Um, you know, one thing I think that we don't do enough of is acknowledge that kids are are people. We see yep. them as kids, not people. Um, and sure, like they need to be put within boundaries and they need to be um, but they're people. Uh and, and we need to honor them and respect them as such. And too often we don't. And I feel like that's something that, that our generation is doing more. And it can be done to a fault. It can be done to yeah. a fault because, you yeah. know, something else my father used to tell me that, that I love and that I'll, I'll be dropping on my son soon enough, but as soon as he's old enough to understand is, you know, I'll be your friend when you're 30. Until then, I'm your father. You know, so like. <laughs> you know, um, That's great advice. So walk in that balance of honoring your child as a person, but also like I'm in charge, dude. You know, this is not, right. a, not a democracy. This is a mm-hmm. dictatorship. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah just listen you know listen just listen because you know what when you listen you'll find out that everyone around you has an amazing fucking story mm-hmm. even the people okay. you don't like <laughs> that's true Great point uh well mike it's been a damn pleasure chatting with you today um and you know your newsletter is absolutely amazing you get some really really great stuff out there um where where can the people that are listening find you? You know where where can they find you at? So on um on the on the socials, um it's at Christ Glider. It's not a religious thing. It's a it's a a thirty year old inside joke about. <laughs> I guess it is a religious thing. It's about a guy that we used to know who was a like a a youth minister. Is that what they're called? Sure. And but he was also, he was also really into like extreme sports, and uh, he would go <laughs> hang gliding. And we always imagine that. He had a hang glider, but on the top of the wing was was Jesus on the crucifix. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of coined myself as the Christ glider. So um, anyway, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh, it's at Christ glider on Twitter and Instagram, and then the the, you could find the um, you know the, the website. My website is the Real Michael VM. Dot com. I, I didn't want to spell my name. I don't want to make people go to michaelvignatolamontevani.com. Um, <laughs> and then I don't even know what the URL for the Substack is. I think it's, I don't know what it is, but it's being a dad is hard as fuck, but the U is an asterisk in fuck. And, uh, but if you go to my Instagram, if you go to my Twitter, you can find the newsletter there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think it's michaelvm.substack.com, but I'm not sure. I should, I should. Yeah, well, We'll link it in the episode too. Cool. Yeah, but if you go to if you go to the therealmichaelvm.com, all of my um everything I've you know most of the stuff I've written, the newsletter, it's all there. Uh, contact link if you want to email me and tell me what an idiot I am <laughs> saying that <laughs> we need to honor children. Like fuck you, you know. Um, Love bring it. Bring it on, man. You have no idea the kind of hate mail I get as a writer. Are you kidding me? Holy shit! That's hilarious. All day. Um. I love it. One guy called me a fake Italian. I said, first of all, I don't know what that means because I, I'm Italian-American. I never claimed to be. A, yeah, so yeah. yeah, I guess I'm fake Italian, but what a weird insult. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Love it. It's hilarious. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate this. No, thank you guys for having me. Um, I, I appreciate you guys having me. I, I appreciate the work you do, even if it is just for the chance to two you, for the two of you to connect. I mean, I, I think that's beautiful because as you guys know, and as the parents listening know, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you, mm-hmm. when you hit 30, it's hard when you get married, it's hard when you have kids. But, um, you know, as, as a guy who's still very dear friends with 
guys I literally went to kindergarten with. Um, I think it's it's really cool what y'all are doing. So awesome. Thank and you. thanks for having me. All right. Thank you guys so much for sticking for listening to that interview. I uh, that was one of my favorite interviews I think we've done on oh, this show. Oh yeah. I he had his perspective on parenting as a whole, his journey to how he got to where he is just is fascinating to me. I think the whole yeah. the whole walk of life that he's walked is is so very cool. And to be able to take that walk and turn it into parenting, uh, you know, observations and parenting lessons and things like that is is just so neat to me. I thought that was very awesome. Yeah. And, you know, go check out the newsletter. He writes extremely, extremely well. Um, he's got really good thoughts. Uh, just very clear. He's just got a very good uh, voice oh, yeah. in the written medium. I like how you said that. That was good. You made it. You landed that plane. <laughs> We did. Uh, so definitely go check him out. Um, he's pretty funny too. Out. I'll give him that. He's pretty he's funny. Very funny. Very funny. He's so Mike was the first guest we've had that neither of us have met. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and it was a, a pleasure and, you know, thank you Mike again for, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, and thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for coming out, checking us out today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed this interview. If you do, uh, we got other interviews on this on this podcast, and if you haven't listened to them, go check them out. Go go take a look at that backlog, and you know, tell somebody about them. You know, rate and sub- rate and subscribe. You know, like yeah. like maybe toss us a little review. We uh we're begging yeah. for reviews here. I'm I'm literally here's me begging you to review our podcast because <laughs> nobody reviews the podcast. Nobody tells us how great or terrible we are. How do, how are Joe and I supposed to know that the corny jokes aren't landing? How do we know? How do we know? Yeah. We're just making we, ourselves uh, laugh out here. Yeah, we got to. Uh, we can't grow without feedback, and we need that feedback. So you can leave us a review, and then if you feel like you want to email us, you can email us at bigdadenergypod at gmail dot com. Send us some topic ideas. Send us some questions. Send our wives some questions. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. They like answering those. Um, but thank you all again for listening. We really appreciate it, and thank you so much to Planet Ant for having us on the podcast network. And hey, go follow us on social medias. We're at Big Dad Energy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go find us there. Um, this is the last podcast for the week. This is a throwaway line, but there will be no dad talks this week. Joe is going to see uh, his Messiah, his one and only Savior, Batman, um, on the big screen during our recording time. So no dad talks this week, and then uh, maybe Joe will I'll live stream it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that won't get us caught or for anything or in trouble for anything at all. Uh, yeah. So we'll be back next week, Wednesday. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, For both of us, I'm Jerry Schmansky. I'm Joe Lopez. Remember, click the tongs twice before you use them. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.